Hey, Mason, I really need a good gift for my generic loved one. Any ideas? Oh, yeah, Andrew. I have the gift they need. If you sign up for GoDaddy's Economy Blogcast Package, you'll receive 1 gig of disk space, 100 gigs of bandwidth, recording tools, and much more. Whoa, with all those features, I'd guess that kind of package will run me at least $20 a month and be plastered with ads. You're wrong, Andrew. The Blogcast Economy Package is just $4.49 a month for 12 months. That's a deal and a perfect way to get your own website, blog, or podcast started. Ooh, yeah, that is a deal. Plus... Enter code Muggle when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Because it's the final episode of the year that was Harry Potter, this is MuggleCast episode 126 for December 31st, 2007. boys we did it we made it through 2007 all in one piece so far uh so far, well yeah. no i mean it's, it's, the, it's the end of the year it's it's december oh, 30th or 31st we're at the end of the year you can't yeah. judge those small amounts of time andrew you know anything can happen in a day in half a day in a minute in an hour. that's true i, I think you've made that yeah. speech before that well wait 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 jamie i'm just going to wait i'm glad that you're back i'm so glad that you're back that i'm going to contradict you that's very nice. Rome. Rome was not built in a day. Rome was not built in a day, but that just goes to show how awesome Rome is. Whereas stuff that can be built in a day, you can still build a lot, but oh, you can't yeah, build that. Yeah, we, you're saying, though, anything can happen in a day, and I agree with you, and I agree with you telling Andrew that, except except if we wanted to build Rome, we couldn't do that in, in the, the day that we had left in 2007. But anyway, um, great to Yeah, have you Jamie, back. I'm just happy you're back. Thank I'm not going to pick a fight with you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You'd be sorry if you did. I, uh, I can yeah, promise you. Yeah, but see, I know better. That's the thing, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's the Eric, best point of the you day. You need to wise up. You gotta oh, wise up. Come on, man. I, I love you. It's great you're back. I'm so happy. It's a good show to be back on because we are going to take a look back at the big events of this past year. It's been a one of the fan best best years in in a while. I would say. Yeah. I would say it's the best year ever since last year, at least. Ever what, Matt? It's the best year since last year, at least. Well, yeah, that's true. But I would I would go f- so far as to say ever. Um, and also we're gonna place the W. Uh, um, we're gonna place the WB. No, we're gonna place a call to WB to get results about my DVD because I'm very angry. <laughs> so we have a full we show today. I mean, you bet, Jamie. I get results, man. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And I'm Matt Britton.
Micah Tannenbaum is in the MuggleCast News Center with the final news stories of 2007. Hey, Micah. All right, thanks, Andrew. 2007 was by far the biggest year for Harry Potter fans that we've seen. It was filled with book releases, movie releases, theme park announcements, an open book tour, and much more. Check out MuggleNet.com for the fourth annual year in review, highlighting the biggest and most interesting stories of 2007. Cleaning up on the year-end awards, USA Today recently named J.K. Rowling's final novel in the Harry Potter series, Book of the Year. A huge factor was due in part to the record-breaking numbers in sales made by Deathly Hollows. 11.5 million copies were sold within the first 10 days of the July release. The decision came down to something much deeper. Hollows is the Book of the Year because Rowling gave her story an ending that was as graceful, unpredictable, and satisfying as the series itself. She reaffirmed that magic can exist when someone opens a great book and enters a world created from words on paper. She made us believe that the imagination, like her own little wizard, now all grown up, still lives. And finally, the documentary J.K. Rowling, A Year in the Life, that aired yesterday on ITV in England, is now available on the station's website. The description reads, With unprecedented access, cameras follow author J.K. Rowling in the year that she completes her publishing phenomenon, the Harry Potter series. The program captures her return to the sources of her inspiration, and she reveals what she is planning on writing next. That is all the news for this December 31st, 2007 edition of MuggleCast. Happy New Year. See you all in 2008. Back to the show. All right. Thank you, Micah. You're welcome. Uh, We're not going to discuss any news this week because we're recording this a little earlier than uh, normal, but... Micah and Eric, I guess you guys wanted to get your input in on a couple of new stories from last week. First of all, there's casting announcements. I mean, basically on last week's show, we we said that it wasn't really that big of a deal because we don't know any of these actors. Um, yeah, but we do know by the casting. You're talking about the casting of uh, Cormac McClagan, Blaise yes. Zabini, yes, Ramil yes, Devane, yes, yes. Katie Bellian, and Marcus Belby. I just, I'm just glad they're in the uh, in the movie in some shape or form. Yeah, um, you know, but. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I was just curious. Is this the final release as far as characters are concerned, or are we going to be hearing more in the future? No, I don't think so. I I, I would wager that there's more to come still. Oh, they haven't okay. even casted um, Scrimgeour, have they? No. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, they may have, but we don't know about it. Um, but it sounds like they've got the Slug Club. Oh, so, wait a yeah. second, wait a second. Wait, are we sure about that? No, they have, they have cast them, haven't they? They Wait, have? no, I think, hey, I think you're right. Yeah, I think, I think Dark Horizons uh, made that. <laughs> Hang on, IMDb.com. Oh wait, going to oh wait, no, I'm getting that confused with, confused with Slughorn. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, he's a very good actor, Jim Broadbent. Super yeah. Cool. Oh, is he? Have you seen him? Uh, yeah, he's in, in an episode. In, in fact, funny you talk. We talk about it. I just saw an episode of Only Fools and Horses, which is a British sitcom from quite a while ago. Uh, the stars. Uh, Jim Broadbent as a character and it was very very good so he's Slughorn very very good awesome um, but it's like um, oh what was I going to say completely forgotten what I was going to say go on okay talk about yourself I'm not finding it on IMDb I'm sorry, not finding sorry. it for Scrimgeour alright um, yeah. well yeah we cleared that up my bad Matt <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. and what about the Gaunts I mean oh, yeah. we haven't heard anything about them no, at all you know I'm very worried about that I uh, yeah not... yeah uh, it seems like something that could very well be cut because I don't know. That's pretty central to the story, though. The Gaunts is an important sort of like helping element that gets them into uh, 
and it's into the whole Voldemort's yeah. yeah, you know, That's family backstory. That's his uncle, you know. I, they, they, they haven't really cut anything that was central to the story yet in the movies anyway. Well, right. Right. yeah. You're, no, you're right. But um, it just worries me because we're seeing all these uh, clips from the school side of things that it's just – I mean maybe they're just not revealing anything about Voldemort. Yeah. But um, I just – like I can't wait to see the uh, – not just the orphanage scene. We, we do have kind of confirmation they're doing fun, the yeah. orphanage scene, which oh, is yeah, amazing. Definitely but, we do. But um, just about like Dumbledore and Harry is, is what I'm more interested in. Um, but the director had said that uh, he was really going to focus on the uh, relationships as a big part of the movie, and I'm worried that that will downplay any gauntness. Yeah. That, yeah, that's probably true. But it's just, I don't know, perhaps it's just a personal thing. I just really, really like that storyline, the whole Gaunt storyline and the ring. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Well, I guess right. we'll see. I mean, I guess they they probably haven't been cast yet. Because maybe filming for that scene won't occur until, say, mid-spring or even later, maybe late spring. Maybe. That reminds me. Um, when I thought of Merope gone as a character, I thought Helena Bonham Carter should play her. But then ah, they cast her as Bellatrix. Bellatrix. Very but interesting. I, wouldn't, she, wouldn't she make a Merope gone like a good she would. Uh, sort of – You're thinking along yeah. the lines as well, along the same lines yeah. as then. You could uh, – I see a sparkling career ahead of you now. But <laughs> I have a philosophical really? question for you all, though. If a – Harry Potter cast member is cast, but nobody hears about it. Has he really been cast? It's like the tree thing. It's like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it cause a sound? <laughs> yes, absolutely. But has he, though? Because if the public who bring in the money haven't heard about it, what difference does it make if it's just being, you know? Yeah. I, I don't believe so. that. No, no, no. It's... it's <laughs> it's a terrible question. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Well, if, the, if the paperwork has been filed, Jamie, and they know that they've been cast, and Joe Rowling... See, that's an important them. thing, yes. Yeah. Well, I thought yeah. casting was complete, though, wasn't it? I mean, they just maybe haven't made the announcements yet. Well, maybe right. they need... Maybe they need... Uh, sorry, maybe they need... What was I saying? <clears throat> Forget it. Well, they they... They they probably want to spread the casting out to create more press, but um, right. let's let's keep moving on here. J.K. Rowling named time. Uh, J.K. Rowling was named the second runner-up in Times Person of the Year. What was your guys' reaction to this? Hmm. What do you think, Micah? I just don't really get Vladimir Putin. I guess. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but Who? Who? this whole thing goes back to being Times Person of the Year. What did Vladimir Putin do this year that automatically qualifies him to receive this award? And I'm not saying that over the course of his career he hasn't done things in, you know, opening up Russia. Um, but this one was a little bit odd for me, um, especially when you look at the, se- the first runner-up in Al Gore, who probably has done a little bit more, but this is a Harry Potter podcast. J.K. Rowling, her series came to an end. Everything that she's done not just in literature, but in charity as well. Yeah. seemed to me this would have been the perfect year to give it to her. And, uh, I mean, you, I just look back over some of the people that have been named Time Person of the Year over the last couple of years, and, and it's kind of a joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, not, you were last year, so I wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> yeah, that's, really a, that's a joke in and of itself. But, t- I mean, 2001, Rudy Giuliani, to me, was really the only time in recent history that they actually got something right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very opinionated, and I think anyone who wasn't a Harry Potter fan would look at that 
and say J.K. Rowling got that? I mean, she wrote a book, but you know, yeah, exactly. It's not that big of a deal. Honestly, I mean, even seven books is like what? No. Yeah. Well, I'm obviously, sorry. her impact is so much more far-reaching than just she wrote a yeah, book. Yeah, it's true, and. The thing with Russia, I mean, well, well, time is more political, I think, and Al Gore has done obviously a lot with global warming. He'll he'll have his time to come. I think I just think number three is is a good feat for Joe. I mean, if the Harry Potter series is not going to get recognized with number one, I'm glad it's number three. I yeah. agree. Well, she's she's annually up though. I mean, right? Yeah, she's yeah. been nominated for this many times before. Yeah. So, eh, it's it's a victory. It's a victory. Yeah. Um, let's move on now. Last week, I told everyone that, uh, I was having, well, two weeks ago, I was saying that I was having problems with my DVD, and, of course, a few people emailed in, and, uh, of course, I'm very frustrated from this, and, you know, this is absolutely unacceptable. When I, when I purchase a Harry Potter DVD, I expect nothing but pristine, crystal clear quality. So, um... Even though we're used to the crap features. <laughs> well, you know, besides that, besides that. So, uh, we're gonna call... Uh, the the thing now, um, WB, and I'm gonna get some uh, results results here. So hopefully I can add this, this conference. Switch. But first of all, Andrew, have you determined whether or not you're the only one? It's in too the late. I'm calling. World? Yeah, dude, dude. Did you, didn't you listen to me? I said that we I we've gotten emails from people saying that they were having the problem. Hi, I called earlier and um, I got disconnected. I'm having a problem with my Order of the Phoenix DVD. It's uh, the quality is messed up in some places. What is your name? Andrew Sims. S I M S. Yes, S I M S. Yes. And your address? I. Medford, New Jersey. Okay, and a phone number for you. 609. Okay, and what was the video you purchased? Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. It was the two-disc special edition. And two-disc? Yes. One of the discs does not work. Yeah, well, the, the quality on the first disc is pretty bad. It, it's grainy in the first half hour of it, and in the last half hour, it's also very grainy. All right, well, we'll do a forward this on to Warner. Okay. And they will take care of it. Do you have any questions? Okay, great. Um, now, if they don't have questions, are they just going to mail me a new copy? Or... Correct, yeah. Okay. All right, great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> Wonderful. A free copy. I mean, what I could just lie to them and get a free copy. What a pleasant woman to deal with. What? What a pleasant woman to deal she with. She was very nice. She sounded like she smoked ten packs a day. <laughs> you know, no, honestly, Monsters, Inc., the, the boss, the boss in Monsters, Inc., the boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. But, but, <laughs> my pizzazzi, you know what? you still haven't filed your paperwork. <laughs> If you are having a similar problem like I did or you're having any problem with your DVD, what you can do is you can call this number that I just called. The number is 1-866-488-4640. And it's that easy. They'll just forward you on. Um, Please, please, please do not call them unless you really have a problem with your DVD, okay? Don't call them and be like, hey, you're on MuggleCast. (laughs) Don't be stupid, please. We're all adults here. Um. That number is for people who are having a problem with the Order of the Phoenix DVD. 
So and just uh, make it clear to them that your, your disc play is fine. It's not a defective disc. It's 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 if anything, it's the quality of the film because. Andrew, your film plays, it's just the first 30 minutes are grainy. Right. Well, it's the first 15 and the last 30, but I said the first 30 to make it sound even worse. So. Yeah, well, not definition. Anyway, she probably wrote it down, so. Yeah. Yeah. So when they give you the replacement disc in, like, 10 weeks. I'm going to sell it um, on eBay. No, don't sell it on eBay. I'm just kidding. I'm going to use uh, it. <laughs> check it out. See if it has the same issue. and then <laughs> Better not. Jeez. Well, let's move on now. Uh, this is our New Year's show, so we are going to do a year in review. The We're going to cover the top ten moments, happenings, things of the past year. Woo! Uh, um, this says it's in chronological order, but the theme park announcement didn't come before the movie 5 and book 7 announcement. No, well, the book 7 announcement was supposed to be when we found out that uh, we were going to have the summer release of the uh, – like the oh, summer, remember? okay. So I did that in the conjunction thing. All right. Um so one of the yeah. biggest announcements this summer was the idea of – well, was the announcement of a Harry Potter theme park in Universal Studios. Now, this had been rumored for a very long time, and rightly so, I guess, because um, the rumors came true, and I guess there was a lot of talk going around within within Universal, even Disney, because Warner Brothers was in negotiations with Disney, but that didn't work out either. Um, so what, what do you guys – I mean, a year ago, I don't think we ever would have imagined this theme park. It really did seem surreal, didn't it? Woo! It gives us something to look forward to, I think. Yeah. It seemed completely doable, but it just seemed like no one wanted to do it. Right. But given our given our updated information that they're doing holidays at Hogwarts, what do you guys think about that now? I think it's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's a nice way to sell the park and compete with mm-hmm. Disney. Yeah. I, I can't right. wait to ride the Quaffler. I think that's going to be awesome. You think that exists? I think that's going the to Quaffler. exist. That's going to be their their top ride, the Quaffler. Will you name their top ride, Jamie? No, no, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't saying anything. I know, I, I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just. It's going to um, be. I'm trying to think of good ride be, names because. Yeah. Um, um, the Tri Wizard Wizard. There you go. <laughs> Honestly, Wizard. I think it's going to be a ride on the Ford Angela. Anglia. Anglia. How long has she been doing that job, Andrew? Is she just Yeah, being, uh, whatever. <laughs> anyway. Ford Angela. <laughs> the Ford Anglia. It's going to be Jeez. on the... We'll be on the Ford Anglia. Just because I think, like, that's... They treat her be... so badly there, Andrew. They just... Oh, they just work, work, work. <laughs> Poor Angela. All right, we get it. I'm retarded. Our hearts go out to Ford Angela. Um... No, the uh, see, I I had Roller Coaster Tycoon. You guys play that game. You you had that, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I tried to make a Hogwarts Park one. So I have all these recycled ride names that I've been trying to sneak into the show ever oh. since we first heard about our theme park. And the Quaffler was one of them. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, very knows? funny. That's clever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, but, I would definitely say it was all in our in our wildest dreams. Uh, but now it looks like it's come true. And this is one of those things. When people come up to you and ask, oh, come on, Harry Potter's dead, there's nothing coming anymore, you can be like, well, you got two movies, you got a theme park, and then they go, wow, theme park, oh, gee, sorry, my bad. (laughs) It's not like House MD would have its own theme park, honestly. Yeah. The OC. Yeah. This is going to be the first book that has its own theme park. Is it? No, it's not. Surely. Surely not. Well, I'm just grabbing at straws. It's got to be. Yeah. Well, pretty much every ride in Disneyland's based off a book, anyway. That's true. No, it's based off a movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrew. And and, no, and seriously, and all those old Disney movies weren't books. You first. feel strongly about like, that, Cinderella. Cinderella. <laughs> well, no, I mean, 
If you, if you, like, I mean, there's no Lord of the Rings theme park, or no, no, but it's different. It's like the permanence of Harry Potter. They've seen it, and it's a different, <laughs> and it's kind of a different generation because we read it, and then our children read it, but then older people read it as well. I know it's kind of the same with Lord of the Rings, but not to the same extent. Yeah, but I agree. You know, I guess that's true because Harry Potter is a movie anyway now. So, and heck, all the designs are coming from the movie itself. I mean, yeah. you have they have Stuart Craig working very closely with them, helping them design all the areas. So, so I think it'll be good. I, oh, yeah. I, I just what I don't want for it to be is a couple of shops that are constantly there all year round. Like it they better have that idea. Like you know what I'm saying? Because like holidays at Hogwarts, they can always have like the pumpkins flying and the or, or we, you think they'll try and attempt hovering candles and stuff like that, like for the Great Hall, because that would be awesome. That would be cool. I don't know though. I. It better be good, though. That's all I know. I mean, the expectations are so, I think, are so high on this theme park now. I, you, there's, there's no way this thing can be small. There's no way this can be lacking in any sort of way, shape, or form. No. I mean, I think you know us. We're going to be very critical of it. <laughs> part of it now is that yeah. Warner Brothers, I think, what they weren't able to cover in the movies they have to make up for in this theme park because uh, yeah, that's the so fan true, is yeah. going to be much more critical of the theme park than they than they are of the movie. I mean, we're already very critical of the movies, but you're looking at a theme park and they have the ability to include so much more in this. Oh, Every yeah. little detail. But is it even going to be that big? That's no. Well, that's the other thing. It's not... I mean, it's a theme park, but it's, it's a world in a theme park. It's not, you know, it's no yeah, Disney yeah. world. <laughs> Well, um, I think it should be bigger then. Even without seeing it, it should just be bigger. It should be bigger. Uh, but, I mean, you know, like, they want to get this done soon, too, I think. How many coasters are they going to have? Like Just one, I think. I, there's right. not going to be that many rides. No. Um, so that's a bit depressing. They can always expand later. I mean, yeah, they it's can. not like the they first can. time they do it, it's going to be set in stone. That's right. what it's going to look like. Right. Yeah. Um, set in Sorcerer's Stone for that. Yeah. What do you guys think is going to be the... Uh, <laughs> no, speaking of what Mike is saying about the books uh, and being able to use, like, obviously they're trying to cram things into two-hour movies and that's why stuff's not in the movies. What do you guys think will be... This is just a, my own wondering. For the uh, the stuffed uh, stuffed uh, toys for the Squirkin games, what do you think they'll be giving out for that? For the Surely what, not sorry? more Hedwigs. Oh, uh, oh, you, know, you, you know, the Squirkin games the uh, and the prizes you win. Like, no, the little, they are Hedwigs, but it... Uh... It also comes with like a defibrillator that you can uh, stick on the <laughs> chest. And, uh... <laughs> that would be good. So, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Some ch- children's lives ruined, and some not. It just depends. You know? Yeah. Luck of the draw. I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of candy they make in Honeydukes oh. in that store. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, yeah. well, they've already got a line of candy that Birdie bought. Yeah, but, but I mean, like for a full store, I mean, oh I, yeah, I seriously doubt that it's just going to be regular candy. Yeah, that's true. I'm a little concerned it's going to be commercialized a bit. Yeah, it will. I it mean, will. but I'm just, I'm just thinking of like walking through the gift shop, and it's going to be all the Harry Potter toys we've seen a million times before. It should be I mean, totally new. That would just totally be dis- new. Well, it should be, but I mean. Their reasoning might be, well, we're creating a new theme park. We don't have to come up with new toys. Well, who knows? I mean, yeah. by that time, all the movies will be out. Or yeah, the last true. one will be awaiting release. Yeah. Mm. Can you imagine walking in there and all the books are for sale and all the <laughs> c- complete book sets, well, well, complete DVD sets? Of the, yeah, by the time they get through all of the... Yeah, I mean, that's enough stuff right there, just the right. books and a shop. Uh, I think that they'll try and keep certain shops authentic, but you know, like Andrew, I still think they're going to have shops where they'll have stuff with, you know, similar to what you just said. 
yeah. where you have books and stuff that we've seen a million times already. So right. do you think it'll just be like a big vendor room for all of the... Uh... Basically. Yeah. I'm worried about that, too. I mean, that'll be a great place for us to hand out MuggleNet stickers. <laughs> you know, I only have like seven left. I handed out all of the other ones I had, and I got like a hundred from Emerson. I was like, dude, I need to give me like, this huge wad of... And I was like, wow. So I'm down to a few. Hey, a few. Do you know how we should advertise the site we should uh if there's ever nuclear war we just put a load of uh, stickers inside the uh, bomb and if they don't get vaporized they'll go everywhere on earth and everyone will turn into a fat <laughs> that's Jamie, if they don't Jamie, get vaporized that's a wonderful idea that's a brilliant idea Let, let's let's build a bomb and we'll make sure to put should we do that mungle net yeah yeah absolutely that's absolutely. a good thing to say on a podcast Oh, it was that bad. <laughs> Set a nuclear bomb on the world. <laughs> nah. Well, you know, we're happy so that our stickers go everywhere. And then oh. anyone alive, anyone who isn't vaporized, will see our stickers that haven't been vaporized, and they'll know to go to Mungonet.com. Yeah. That's all right, though. It can be it Maybe we bomb other countries for no reason all the time. A new version of I Am Legend, too. I love that movie. Have you seen it, Jamie? I haven't seen it yet, no. Oh, man. It's so good. Oh, well, that's cool. You know, before I forget... Um, I've been meaning to make this announcement or ask, make this call out on the show. If there's anyone in the Orlando area who has a season pass or whatever to Universal, MuggleNet could really use a sort of reporter to go to Universal every few weeks and hit up a couple of the rides in that area where they're building the Harry Potter theme park and take some pictures of the construction because there's no 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 I'm dead serious I'm dead serious wait 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 let me finish let me finish jimhillmedia.com has a correspondent who goes on the rides and he gets on this ferris wheel and he goes up and takes pictures of the construction now we could just as easily get get a a fan down in Orlando to do it so if you if you if you have that capability email andrewsat.mongonet.com and we'll work something out with you I mean that'd be cool for for us to become a a nice little source for updates on the theme park if I were the theme park guy I would cut the Ferris wheel down just to stop people doing that but oh by the way by volunteering you we are not like if the if somebody comes after you and your camera dude and, nobody you know, cares if you're taking pictures of the that's not illegal right. or anything you're just all taking right, pictures fine. yeah just a fan yeah well that's I mean oh you're taking pictures of construction screw you well some some of that stuff is like you know it's very serious so I, don't I guess I, yeah, yeah. That's true. Anyway, uh, so we're just on number one of our top ten. Yeah, we got to keep moving here. Review. Oh, are you really? <laughs> um, the next big announcement that came early on in 2007 was the book seven release date, which was July 21st, 2007. Um, this surprised most of us because even before we got this release date, we were speculating that wait a second, wait a second, oh, there's no way it can be released 2007. We spent shows just going yeah, back and forth totally, trying to totally. figure this out. And then when we found out, yeah. we spent shows saying it was a bad idea. What right. do you guys think now? What do you guys think now? Did it really did did the successor or did the movie coming out so close to the book really detract anything? Would you have preferred otherwise um, afterwards? Well, Looking back, it's hard to say. Really, um, you think? Well, in hindsight, I really sorry, Jamie. No, no, no. Go on, go on. I can't remember what I was going to say. Really, in hindsight, I really don't think it turned out bad at all. I mean, it worked out great. Worked out great for the fan sites, especially. You know, we it's made these tour podcasts, the Wizard Rock tours. That, you know, there's tons of them. Um, and then the Harry Potter convention prophecy wrapped everything up. Overall, I think it wasn't as bad as we thought. I think I don't even know what we were so worried about. I think it was just that it would be too busy and it might affect sales or the hype 
of the movie and book. Yeah. Um, sort of clashing them together we thought could be a bad idea. But really, it went by so fast and nothing went wrong. Not that we thought no. something would go wrong, but... Right. It's just a really big chain of reaction, I think. I mean, my first... Uh, that whole summer to remember started with me with the Book 7 event in in, in, in uh, London. So, with you guys. So, I was at the end of it, basically. I hadn't been living in the States, sort of, to experience the whole build-up of the movie and everything being released. So, I imagine yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. At, at this point, I couldn't imagine the book coming out in 2008. Yeah, I know. Um, it would have been so yeah. different. Yeah. Well, do you think it would have been uh, less rushed? Did you feel that it was rushed? No, no. not at all. Okay, cool. No. Then, then that's a dumb question to ask. Okay, cool. <laughs> but I think it had to be done so that the book came out after the movie, not the other way around, because I think the yeah. book would have done more damage to the movie uh, if it I had come out before. Definitely, definitely, I definitely yeah. agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And the thing was, we had heard a while ago, before that announcement was made, it was uh, that Joe was... Joe would have... Uh, made the July 7th, 2007 release date. However, that fell too closely around the London bombings. Jamie, that was, was July 7th? That was, on that was July 7th, yeah. Yeah. So it would have been uh, a bad idea. Um, and in that case, then the book would have come out before the movie. So it would have been interesting to see what would have happened. It would have been very interesting to see how different it would be. Like, would the hype have still gone from 1 to 10, with 10 being a lot, you know? So, like. Yeah. Or would it have been huge hype and then down a bit for, yeah. for the movie? Yeah, I think the the premieres would have been directly affected too because those premieres were in late June and early July, mm. and that yeah. would have fallen right around the book release. That that would have been extremely would have been busy. a big scheduling conflict, really. Yeah, for getting yeah. everybody everywhere across the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Perhaps in a parallel universe, there is a world where um, sort of that happened, and we have other Mugglecasters debating what would have happened if. The movie came out first on the podcast. Perhaps, yeah. Well, the movie did come out first. (laughs) Sorry, did I say the book? Yeah, no, I'm saying in that world, they're debating what would have happened if the movie came out first, because for them, the book came out first. Oh, okay. See, philosophy was my major... I gotcha, I gotcha. And in relation to the book 7 release, since we're on the topic, we did our live podcast at Waterstones. Jamie, Eric, and I were there, along with Laura and Kevin, and that was by far our largest and most publicized publicized podcast ever, because... I I think it was highly successful. I thought it was fun, yeah. It was a very fun show. Waterstones did so much for us, Yeah, they were so... Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And and Jamie, I know you were very, very highly upset afterwards. We were all crying, I think. Oh yeah, it was very very sad. It, it was so emotional. It was. Yes, it was. Yeah, I was bawling. People were bawling. Everyone was bawling. <laughs> um, it was great. Now, Jamie, that- this is just a, and Andrew, you can cut this out. But question: Did they had they recorded that video that they were broadcasting? Oh um, yeah, we never got a copy of that. Should I email did, them? Did we ask for it? Though? Yeah, could yeah. you email them and ask? Please do because yeah. I personally like even if we don't ever do anything with it, I would love it because. That was cool. Yeah, that, that would definitely just, be very cool. That's so nostalgic for me and personal. And it's like, yeah, uh, not so. to brag for Jamie and I, but I think we pulled that off very well. Remember, Jamie? It was like 
We met with them like three weeks before. Uh, that wasn't bad. Yeah, the we went. Yeah, well. They bought us. They bought us coffee or whatever, and we sat down. We're yeah. like, there was they were like, like an array of drinks. There. <laughs> 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 it wasn't even just coffee. It was like, what do you want? Oh, the coffee, please. And there was like a teapot got got brought out. I just wanted tea. water. That's cool. Hi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it was like coffee, and then water, and then the bill must have been like over a gram. Yes. <laughs> Just for a meeting. So you were treated to this, this this array of foods for for your for your meeting with Waterstones. Then. Yeah, and then and then at the actual podcast itself, we each got one little plastic cup of water. So yeah, well, with we got no introduced refills. by Rubius Haggard. So I don't really cool. think money can replace that. That so. was cool. That was, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Well, um, all right, yeah. So that that was that was great, and then. Um, let's see, what uh, what do we want to jump to here? Well, we missed, uh, we missed, uh, one of the things was Pickle Pack. We came out with that in about, was it April, May you came up with that idea, Andrew? And you said, well, when did we start? We started hey selling in April, I think. We opened yeah. up for registrations in April. Said, hey guys, we're going to do a members only thing called Pickle Pack because we're really obsessed with pickles and we're going to do video blogs every week. I hate pickles. They're not bad. They <laughs> <Me> don't. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, so so pickle pack will be go. And now, just to clear it up, Andrew, I don't know if you did this on the Christmas show, but people were wondering what's going to happen to pickle pack once um, episode one hundred and forty hits. It's closing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No. Well, that, well actually, that, yeah, I think like, I, it, I think that's like two weeks away from the deadline anyway. Yeah. So we, yeah. We can probably still do two more video blogs. Yeah, we will. We will. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. Um, and then what else, guys? Just quickly, um, the book tour. That uh, Ben and Emerson did for MuggleNet's book. We can't leave that out, obviously, because that was a big deal. They went to all sorts. Of, how many? How many places did they stop at? Do you know? Ben's it was, not it was a lot. Yeah, a kajillion. Yeah, like a literally so, at least a kajillion uh, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> a few borders yeah. as well. Well, yeah. and then also coinciding with 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 that is the MuggleCast Road tour that we did over the summer. Um, and oh, I from California to PA. Yeah, I have to say that was. Probably one of the best experiences of my life. I agree. It was so so cool. Yeah. Oh, because Jamie did it as well. That's right. You were you were in the states, Jamie, more than you were in at home. This whole <laughs> yeah, that's got to be true, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. From that or first day, summer, and on the first day, are you a I citizen the yet? First day to the last day. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, you've you've been in enough states. They should at least give you something. You know? Well, one of them asked me last time. Uh, wow, you've been coming here a lot. Uh, you here for business? And I was like, I, I, I didn't think I could pull off the yes, yes. It's a <laughs> Harry Potter Corporation based in uh, Toledo. And uh, I've told yes. them I was going for business once. It was, I think it was really awesome. from London. I was like, yeah, oh, I just cool. did a business trip for four days, and they were like, uh, yeah. So that was nice. Mm. But but see, I, I still I still don't grow a beard or anything, so they still think I'm like 15 when they look at me. So I'm like, <laughs> going on business, yeah, you know. And uh, yeah, I still get carded everywhere I go. But Aww. now now I am too young. Now I am too young to drink now that I'm back in the States. So. Yeah, I think the highlight of my summer was when – actually, no, of 2007 was when uh, Jamie, Sam, and I went to Equus, and they got carded, <laughs> but I didn't. The sweet. thing is, Andrew, but the thing is with that is you know why that was. So, uh, no, I think I look 21 no, or 18. No, it's sorry. not. It's because you, <laughs> you, you didn't shave for a couple of days. And because, because after they asked me, wait, they asked me first, didn't they? No, no, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. They asked me first. So after they carded me, 
they just assume that since you were with me, they wouldn't need to uh-huh. guide you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's I true. just know that bugs you, Jamie, so that's why I bring it up. It doesn't bug me. I just don't I just don't mind <laughs> arguing about it. That's all, Andrew. It's well, the funny thing was, I wasn't 18 when we went to Equus. Naughty boy. Naughty boy. <laughs> Wait, did you need to be 18? Yeah, to drink. Yeah. Oh, to drink. I, <laughs> I shouldn't have yeah. said that. Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, okay. Um... So once Book 7 came out, the next thing we've got is um, obviously Joe's open book tour that she did for, for the children. And Actually, wait, wait, wait. Let's talk about episode 101 first quick. Oh, yeah, So we can course, try to go so, so right after book one – or Book one, yeah, <laughs> book one. Right after book seven came out, guys, remember we did that lovely live feed of us laying on the couches and the beds and <laughs> – yeah. And did we hit 1,000 people watching us? Yeah, there was over 1,000 people watching us read on Ustream. And it was amazing. Ironically, do you remember? It went up yeah. after we left and went to eat. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're more fascinated by the be back scene sign than anything else. Um, but the thing about that show we recorded right after we read the book, it was in that little hotel room in um, – what was that? The Holiday Inn? No, that was um, – Which one? Yeah, that was the Holiday Inn. I, I, th- I think no. it was St. Jamie's Giles. brilliant – it was Jamie's no. brainchild, wasn't it? The, it wasn't that, the uh, St. Giles. No, no, I have it in my phone. I have the name of it. I'll find it in a minute. It's the um, Holiday Inn. It's the Holiday Inn. I'm, oh, I'm sure of it. May- Mayfair. Mayfair. Yeah, Mayfair. Mayfair, Mayfair yeah. 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 Right. Um, um, we recorded it in a little room there. We were all jammed in that one room. We didn't get two rooms for some reason. And um, it was like a lot of money. Yeah. Well, we you couldn't get guys, the. We couldn't... I was. I was shocked. I. I thought they were going to make us get two rooms. Remember that? Like yeah. I didn't check in, and I. I thought I screwed it up with the baggage people. You. Yeah. Um, so. So we've admitted to. Underage drinking, cheating hotels. <laughs> What's going to be next? In this little room, we recorded this episode, which happened to be our the biggest, the most downloaded show of all time for MuggleCast. Um, and it's got to be up there, one of the most downloaded podcasts of all time. 163,000 unique downloads to date of this one episode where we just sit there for less than an hour and talk about our initial <laughs> reactions to the book. Wow, and 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 Jamie brilliantly handled emails in that, wasn't it? You, Jamie, doing that? Yeah, yeah Jamie yeah. was going through Absolutely. the emails. You got every single one of those that came in, Which, and you read them. Well, no, no, I didn't get every one, Eric. I got like there was like thirty coming in a second. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. yeah, well, I, I just remember things loved, would yeah. pop up, and you'd, you'd handle them really well. Oh, well, so thank that, you. That's very nice. To you. Yeah. yeah. So the, I'm I'm really proud of that episode. I mean, just because we we were so good for getting it for just sitting down and getting it done. As soon as we finished the book, you know, we could have just suckered out and waited like a week to discuss our reactions, but we just did it, got it done. And because of how fast we got it up that day, I think it was the 22nd, because of how fast we got it up, uh, it it just, there was just a surge of downloads for oh, people yeah. looking for more information, you know, to hear our thoughts on the book. So that's pretty cool. Really, pr- really proud of that episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, now, 2007 was a big year for Wizard Rock, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, it was because I really think it, it did surge this year because of the book. Uh, everyone sort of began discovering mm-hmm. Wizard Rock and what it had to offer, um, and that's just Harry Potter music. I mean, it turns out that's what all the Harry Potter fans love to hear. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, um, though some don't, though some don't. Mike some admitted yeah. it was two weeks ago that he doesn't listen to it, and I don't really either. Yeah, well, it's okay, Micah. But- um, there, yeah. yeah, there's some good well, artists. MTV recognized it, so hey. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah that, that happened big. this year. That that did happen this year. It has gotten a lot of press. It also got press from MTV back in May too. So, you know, it's 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 definitely worth noting. They've they've grown. The Wizard Rock bands have grown a lot. 
Um, there's well over a hundred wizard rock bands yeah, now. Yeah. It's just insane. And and are they all noun and the plural nouns? Is is that yeah right? yeah exactly? <laughs> They're all Harry and the Potters, you know, the Moaning and the Myrtles, Ender and the Simses. Yeah, Ender and the Simses. I'm just awesome. kidding. I hope that did you sign exist. a release for their for their band? No, I I would be embarrassed. Cease and desist. <laughs> Cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> um. So besides that. Another big event, 2007, was J.K. Rowling's Open Book Tour uh, in the United States and Canada, and it was really mm. just a chance for Joe to meet her fans, meet her fans like she used to, in That's a very informal setting, in a very intimate setting, where she could just read to them. And then, just amazingly, she met met every single person in attendance at these events and signed a book for every single person. Um, just a fantastic thing for Joe to do. And, of course, it's also nice. gained a lot of credibility for another one of the biggest events of 2007, amazingly, was the revelation of Dumbledore being gay. And uh, our response to this episode, or to this announcement, uh, was also one of the most, maybe, it was it was highly downloaded, but it was one of the listener favorites, um, just because <laughs> we were so quick with it, and it was a fun show. It was also a serious show, and, mature, and a lot of yeah. people could relate to the show. So. It was 117 entered? I don't know. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, in hindsight, you know, when when I heard this news, I was on a natural high. I was like, wow, Dumbledore is gay. This is amazing news. Something to stir up the fandom. I never thought something would stir up the fandom as much as that did <laughs> after the book came out. And And you know what? The only thing I think that is more important than Dumbledore being gay, that the, the the American like everybody was saying it's everywhere in the news. We had listener accounts that it was every radio station in the taxis mm-hmm. while people were dying halfway across the world. I think the only thing that's has topped that in recent years has been just yesterday, uh, Britney Spears' sister is pregnant and she's sixteen. Because <laughs> she if is. you guys realize that was on every channel, even ESPN had this little ticker at the bottom that said, you know, Jamie Lynn Spears is pregnant. So I think that's going to be the next big thing. Right. Yeah. Well, Jamie, I had wanted to ask you about this because a lot of the feedback mm. we had gotten said that this was not even an issue in England and most parts of Europe, whereas it was such a huge deal here in the U.S. Well, I think it's – I mean, for, for some people it is a big deal for different reasons, you know. I mean, yeah, I can't talk for everyone, but – for some people, it's because, uh, you know, it's a character they've grown up with and it's just a big change for other people, you know. Uh, there could be other reasons. But I think it's the same as over there. It's just not as well publicized. It hasn't got around as well. I haven't heard that many people say it. And normally, I, I think uh. you know, people will be talking about it, you know, and they're not. Um, so I, I don't think it's as big as it is over there or as widely announced. Right. Even nearly. What are your thoughts on that, Jamie? I mean, we never really had you on the show after that announcement. I think it's cool. I mean, I th- yeah. I think it's very, very cool. I thought she was going to reveal. Well, I didn't think she was going to, but I'd have liked to have seen her at some point. She did talk about revealing a gay character or something. about. She talked about someone's sexuality. I'm sure she did. Or there's been a lot of talk for for a while on who it could be. There was the whole... Um, was it good? I guess it was going to happen at some point, but I wouldn't have thought that yeah. before. Uh, no, 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 no. S- Somebody had approached her about Remus and Sirius. Hadn't yeah, they? Remus and Sirius. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Jamie, you wanted to do an episode on that, I remember, but we were you sort are, of like, you remember that as a discussion. Yeah, right? you wanted to do that as a discussion to analyze, to figure out, you know, maybe if they were. Both and just for the record, uh, yeah. I think it's credible. I've said that before. I think it's credible. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but we were we were afraid of going there just because of you know yeah what the and whole... before one seventeen it might not have been you know I mean now we can talk now about yeah now we could definitely yeah um yeah so that was definitely one of the yeah. big things uh, what else have I missed here before we get to one. is that it the only is... thing left well, I guess I so maybe yeah good Eric oh and the last thing is the tales of Beetle the Bard. Which J.K. has handwritten seven copies. I'm still not sure. Did she? Did she actually handwrite the story seven yeah, times? Yeah. There's seven copies of it. So, yeah. So she handwrote the same story seven times for each of these copies. And actually, what I think is cool of it, my friend Haya Coppersmith just sent me a um, what the auction booklet from Sotheby's yeah. of Beetle the Bard. Oh, that's cool. And and it has this whole yeah. It's absolutely wonderful. I love Haya for that. That's so amazing. But um, she sent me this auction book, and it has these, this detailed description. And apparently, the seven copies of Beetle the Bard, if you guys didn't know this, um, were actually uh, – she gave them uh, – J.K. Rowling gave the other six to her closest – the people who had, had – had, Yeah, uh, dude, where have you been? That was the whole point of these. these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she gave she gave the other six to the most important right. sort of Harry Potter forerunners, like her publisher and stuff. And then uh, the seventh book was the one that was auctioned off. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that because I didn't. Yeah, that was um, – but I got I, a cool auction book, and it yeah. has the whole whole thing. It's a so, shame. Um, we actually, I I got it a few weeks ago, and I talked about it on the show. But I guess you weren't on that episode. No, I missed that. I, yeah. yeah, it is cool. It's a nice little collector's item. It's yeah. So Amazon.com bought it for four million dollars. Yeah, yeah, or three point nine eight million dollars. A lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Whole Jeez. lot of money, and we I mean, see. we've discussed this on the past few episodes, but mm-hmm. I think that will definitely set. The, well, I don't know. I, it's got to have an impact somehow. I just don't know how. <laughs> well, they, it depends on what they do with it. They're going to do something with it. They're going to. Well, they're going to they're gonna take it on tour. They're going to take it on tour. Yeah. But it, it, it'll still just be interesting in 2008 to see what they do, you know. Yeah. With the tour as far as specifics. Absolutely. And are they going to have it in a glass case or oh, not? Oh, yeah. They, they're not going to let finished, anyone touch that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But they've just finished all their reviews on uh, on Amazon. Of all the stories, so that that's that's interesting. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the question now is, what's in store for two thousand eight? Um, um, Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the question that's on everyone's mind. Good question. We want. What do you dis- think? We Andrew, want to discuss think, that. What do you think, Matt? We want to discuss that. Moving on. For our president? Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to talk um, about that. We can't talk politics on the show. Oh, okay, fine. Jeez, right. I just asked. I just. You no, sorry. Question. You know, no, no, question, get no, a legitimate answer. No, no. Seriously? Oh, I'm just saying. You said what's on the store for 2008. I think that's well, in my mind. Well, but you yeah, mean Harry Potter wise? Yeah, uh, of course. The sixth, bo- the sixth movie is coming out. Yes. A couple conventions. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, we're gonna Terminus have and. Portis, uh, Portis, which will yeah. be at hp2008.org. Sign up today. Absolutely. And I think we're going to be getting plenty of theme park updates because over the next year, they're really going to start. This is going to be the year of building everything. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think we're going to be getting plenty updates about that. But generally, a lot quieter than last year, which I don't know if, if, if that's a good or bad thing. What well, you you're not going to match the hype of 2007. No year from this point. Yeah, there's no way to. It would be foolish to attempt to really. Yeah. But it'll still be very exciting. It's the next big thing, you know. It's like what you know. The Harry Potter fans are all okay. What do we do next? 
Well, we get excited about the movie. Well, we get excited about the the thing and this convention, and yeah. All right. Harry Potter's gonna live strong through these yeah. events. You you don't even know what uh, J.K. Rowling may announce next about yeah. a certain character or a plot point or something. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And I think we'll we'll hear more about. Maybe not more about the encyclopedia, but maybe more updates from Joe on her website. So, well, there was a, there was a news post on Mugglenet just today, wasn't it? That uh, or no, just uh, when she made Times Person of the Year, she said the eighth Harry Potter book. Yeah, we talked about that last last episode. Yeah, okay, yeah, um, yeah. All right, so I think that's a good look back at the the past year that has been. Great. That was our main discussion. It's been a gigantic year. Yeah. One other thing I thought we could do, we could do favorites, the favorite segment, which we haven't done in a while. I thought we could just go around the table and talk about, or, well, not, we don't have to go into too much detail, but just list our favorite memories of 2007. Who wants to go first? Our favorite memory, 2007. I'll go first. I think my famous, uh, sorry, my favorite memory is the Book 7 event in, in Waterstones, just because of how it went off without a hitch. Um, how Waterstones had prepared so much for us, how it was smooth once we got there, and getting the book, being in the VIP party, and, and actually most of all, seeing the fans that had been lining up. And I, I spent a, a bit of time um, down with them as well as uh, doing the podcast, which which I think is still one of my favorite live shows, if not my favorite live show. I think it was just everything from the light uh, above me almost falling on me was absolutely wonderful. And uh, that's my favorite memory. Absolutely, just that night. <laughs> uh, Micah, um, I mean, I would say because I had other commitments, work-related stuff, and wasn't able to go to London and, and a couple of other places. Uh, Philadelphia for me, um, because it was the first opportunity I had to do a live show, and and it's really the the only time I think over the course of the summer that I got to spend with you know you and uh, Ben and. Emerson and Jamie. This so, was enlightening, Micah. Enlightening, yeah, enlightening. Two thousand seven, and and I'll say this, um, you know, I haven't had the chance, um, really, to be at a whole lot of other conventions, but I thought that overall they had a lot of stuff, and they did a really good job um, for a family event. Definitely, yeah. And the place we podcasted from was awesome. I don't remember the name of the the hall that we were in, but it yeah. Was, it was Hogwarts-like, almost. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Um, I I would have to agree, before we get to Matt, um, hmm? I, I, I think Enlightening, but the podcast we did there was definitely, I think, the best live show we've ever done. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, the, the one in London was great, but this one in Enlightening, it flowed so well. Um, we went for nearly two hours, and we didn't want to stop. Wow. I remember whispering over to Ben, Where should, "When should we wrap it up?" And he was like, "I well, let's just keep going with questions. It's going really well." I was like, "Yeah, it is." Um, and it, and it sounds if you listen to recording, it was a very professional audio recording. Um, and it was in a hall, so you can sort of hear our voices echoing. So you can even get the feel of where of we were. Being, yeah, yeah. It, overall, it was just definitely cool. a very nice. Very nice cool. experience. We had a great number of fans there, and like Micah said, the venue was excellent. And we went for nearly two hours. We were sort of the the the, the pinnacle of the conference. I mean, that's the way they made it out to be. I mean, oh. we we had a great time, but 
so did everyone there, and the organizers really really enjoyed having us there. Well, so yeah, good. yeah. That, Sorry, I missed it. <laughs> that was that was that was definitely worth it. It's a shame too, Eric, since since you're right since there. Since it was in Pennsylvania, and I was and I normally live in Pennsylvania. But yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. Matt. Yeah, Matt. Yeah. Favorite of 2007. Um, I would have to say it would probably be Prophecy in Canada. It would probably be my favorite because, um, looking back, nothing really, nothing went wrong. Pretty much everything was was pretty pretty much fun and. I think everybody enjoyed themselves a lot, and I had a, I had a lot of fun just meeting everybody, a lot for the for the first time, and uh, it was just really fun. The, the, the entire yeah, and you're, and you you're going to Portis as well. I don't know. Oh, you should, man. Same people, same people. HBE. Well, sort of. We'll be there. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> same people of. running it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think. And the one thing that didn't go right at Prophecy was um, <laughs> um, that fire alarm that went off at like midnight or something. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I think everybody, everyone had a fun story yeah. to tell though during it. <laughs> and Alex, I mean, I, I didn't have to go down like thirty flights of stairs, but right. some people who, who started did the fire it. alarm. Was I don't. That? Nobody knows. But Alex Carpenter, I remember, started this dance that the fire alarm sounded like. Like something you would hear in like a techno song or something. So every time oh, it started buzzing again, Alex Carpenter would start dancing like to a techno dance. It was so funny. It was so funny. Um, I'm sure there's <laughs> video on YouTube or something, but that was jeez, it's good memory. Yeah. And so the Remus Lupin now has uh, other band members, doesn't it? Remus Lupin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Remus Lupin's awesome. Yeah. Great, awesome. fantastic, absolutely fantastic live band. So yeah. 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 And, and a great group of guys too. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Huh. Jamie, what was your favorite moment of 2007? Whoa. <laughs> Maybe he's enjoying it right now. That was him? <laughs> I thought that was someone on Matt's mic. It's, yeah, it was my sister. Sorry. Well, oh. <laughs> well now. Jamie, you there? Okay. Um, it's a tough choice. It really is a tough choice. I can think of so many good things. Um, I mean, the book tour, I thought, was one of the best times ever. It was eight days, was it? Eight or nine, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was so much fun. But then prophecy was so much fun as well. So it's such mm-hmm. a tough one. It really yeah. is a tough one. But the entire summer was whirlwind. It was so cool meeting everyone. Yeah, and you know, I had a really good summer. If that can be the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Jamie, you were away for a second when I was talking about mine. I don't know if you would agree with this. The, the Enlightening 2007 podcast we did, I would say, is definitely one of our best live podcasts. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that really was a lot of fun. It, it was a really Responsive audience as well. Yeah, really nice people. That was like that was like some we, good topics. We podcasted for like over an hour and a half, and we didn't want to stop because it was just going so well. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Enlightening yeah. altogether was fun. I thought the talk we we Definitely. did, I enjoyed as well. Yep, yep. About podcasting. Yeah, it was like yeah. Well, um, let's move along now because we've got two entire chapters. We to have do. two entire chapters. To do. Let's move. <laughs> let's move through them quick. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for a chapter by chapter. We're going to start off this week with Chapter 7, The Will of Albus Dumbledore. Mike, okay. you, you want to start? just start with a basic summary and then go into okay. the first point? Okay. I'll be right back. Okay, so, uh, I mean, the basic summary of this chapter is just it's, it's Harry's birthday, they're celebrating it, and uh, 
the Minister of Magic makes an unexpected appearance uh, at his party, and uh, he goes over the contents of the will of Professor Dumbledore with Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and we'll get to that in particular in terms of what was left to the three of them. But what I wanted to start with, with is where the chapter begins, um, primarily uh, Harry's dream that he's having, and um, he, he he can't remember where he's heard this name. Uh, well, first of all, he wakes up, and Ron tells him that he's been muttering some name in his sleep. And the name is, I believe, Gregorovich. Yep. Um, he has no idea um, who it is, but he knows that he's heard the name before, and he knows that it has to do with Quidditch. And he also knows that Voldemort is after him. Now, in my recollection, this is the first time in Deathly Hollows that we see Harry going into Voldemort's mind and experiencing things that Voldemort is experiencing. Was this really, in your guys' opinion, I mean, a safe idea? I mean, I know he is dreaming, but shouldn't he be trying to block these things out of his mind? Okay, Hermione. Okay, honestly. <laughs> okay, Hermione. No, because... But w- wait a minute, just from what you said, Micah, is this the first time he's in his mind? Because isn't the first whole chapter kind of a nightmare of Harry's at the same time? Like, isn't that... Because Harry wakes up. Oh, no, 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 never mind. He was already... No, he was awake and he was bleeding. Uh, never mind, I'm sorry. I thought the first chapter was kind of a dream sequence, like... But that's in book four, um, isn't it? Yeah. The beginning of book four is Harry's dream. So, um... Yeah, it is It is a strange connection between Harry and Voldemort, and you're right. During the chapter, when Hermione finds out about the dream, she scolds him that he should be keeping Voldemort out of his mind. And I think you're right. I think it's uh, it's pretty dangerous. And there's a great line somewhere in this chapter that says, uh, you know, um, Voldemort's been taking over the ministry and the whole world, and you should, you know, not your mind, too. But surely you, know. you can't know too much about your enemy. I mean, I know kind of, you know, ignorance is bliss, but it's not in that case, because... The more Harry understands, the more he understands Voldemort right. and magic, and you know yes. because magic has very, very yeah. subtle undertones. So the more he knows about the world and how people act magically, then you know, I just think right. that it's useful. And if he wasn't so stubborn and sort of determined in his own right, perhaps it would be perfect. But he does follow stuff too quickly before asking help. So that's 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 any reason I'd say why he shouldn't be. If that makes sense. I think you're right, Jamie. And I mean, he was given this this unique tool to see into the mind of Voldemort. He has to use it, right. otherwise he's he's got no he's yeah. got nothing over anyone else, really. And he's uh, just dead he's, curious too. I mean, yeah. I would be wanting to know what he's he's up to, yeah. especially if I have to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess so, on the flip side, though, if if Harry is smart to to be doing this and to, to taking on to these clues, uh, how stupid is Voldemort? I mean, to to not, on his end, be closing this out or even taking the steps to close it out because... Like he used to. Exactly. He, he, and he, he did. Used at it one point it was said, yeah. To his yeah. own advantage at one point, why wouldn't he think that at some point in the future Harry would do the same thing? And he would because it was said that he was practicing legitimacy against Harry uh, or or so they, the order thought. That was said in what, earlier in, the, in book six or something? Yeah. Right. Wasn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that, yeah. and this it's, is really where the the pieces of the puzzle, I guess, start to come together for Harry. And you know, he's relaying this information onto people that are helping him out. And I just thought, you know, I know Voldemort is a flawed character, 
but I just didn't think he would mm. be this dumb. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I, I, I said I, I would prefer a more uh, sort of cunning, a more intelligent one who made less mistakes. This is the beginning of the end for Voldemort no, th- because this is where he makes – no, this is where he makes one of just many stupid, plain stupid mistakes. But it's – it's Due to carelessness. But people – wait. Which mistake are you talking about specifically? Oh, um, in, in this case, the uh, mind he, thing. He just, the mind. He just stopped. Yeah, yeah but it's but thing. it's people aren't. You know, if you write perfect characters, your books get rejected. Everyone's flawed. That's sort of the subtlety of writing: being able to write flawed characters. And Voldemort, in that regard, because he considers uh, everyone beneath his power, he doesn't think that other people's minds can sort of influence him or take anything from his. You know rock-solid mind, so it's like, he wouldn't care about that, just as when Creature went to, to the island and drank the potion, he wouldn't have bothered to think about whether uh, he could get back, it's just his mindset now, and as Joe says he's warped from all the killing and stuff, and can't get it back, so, right, his mind right. can't uh, well, recover. I, I would agree with you, except I, I think with Harry, he does He, I mean, Harry's obviously the only the only threat to him, I think he would treat the connection just as seriously as he always had, because he, he, he had treated the connection between their minds very importantly. First when he was using Harry, and second when he was uh, using uh, occlumency or, uh, against him, or legitimacy. But it, it's just, I, I just think Voldemort, and I would use that excuse, I mean, you're right, perfect characters do get uh, rejected. And I would use that excuse for sort of many of, of the mistakes that Voldemort makes. But as I, as I plan to illustrate later, there's just so many mistakes that Voldemort makes that I stop being able to accept that excuse. Jamie, after a while, I stopped being able to accept that Voldemort is a flawed character because I just think that she has portrayed him a little bit smarter than that in book six when he's manipulating people and stuff. And by the end of book seven, he just makes so many mistakes. So does Harry, though. Harry makes a ridiculous amount of mistakes Yeah. as well. So does everyone. They all work for him. But no, but they they don't, though, because he suffered a lot. Like, it was a a worthwhile victory because he saved the future, but it was also, you know kind of Pyrrhic. He didn't lose everything, but he lost a lot. You know, a great deal of people he knew, so he made mistakes. Now, it wasn't his fault that these people died, but he didn't do everything perfectly, and a a lot of time Hermione was right, or Ron was right. They also made mistakes. They lost... They let stuff get in the way. They didn't think logically. They sort of, you know, acted childishly. It's... Everyone made mistakes. Snape did. Dumbledore especially. Think of what he did. But he's still such an amazingly written character, and I would argue, even though his mistakes were probably greater and uh, in a bigger number, he w- he was a more perfect character because of you know what he stood for and uh, yeah. perhaps that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's move along here. Uh... But just 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 some some events that happened in the chapter is Harry's talk with Ginny. Uh, or Ginny uh, wishes Harry a very private um, happy birthday, which is interrupted by Ron, who tells Harry later to stop groping his sister. Um, and and just that that Ginny thing. I'm sorry, but I had to mention it because that Ginny thing is very well written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I absolutely. I mean, a lot of these these chapters feel like uh, I call them book five chapters because of how well how much stuff is in them. Just these yeah, two chapters yeah. are, and I think I think they're amazing to read as the last chapters of this year um, that we read on the podcast because it's just it, it's a build up and it's a letdown and and uh, as we get to the wedding it's sort of the last uh, order uh, the, the last chapter where they where everything's sort of normal with the living structure before they go off yeah, yeah. Um, and and so yeah but uh, the Ginny thing now guys I just can you guys I'll talk about this for a second because um, just what you thought about Harry and Ginny and, and, and how that played out in the series um, well, because this is this is pretty much the last time we see Harry and Ginny before the epilogue, as far as I can remember. 
Uh, and there's there's some scenes later where they meet again, but well, it's very good. It's inter- sorry, go on. I would say it's interpretable. No, Interpretable in very very different ways. That scene when they're kissing and then Ron and uh, Hermione walk in because you could even it's very mature because you know they're sort of it's very sort of grown up for how old they are in some ways, but then also it's not very grown up at all. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can interpret it in different ways. It's be very interesting to see how the filmmakers put their spin on it. Yeah. Whether it's two sort of you know children getting personal and business confused or if it's two adults who are you know ha- hmm. having something then which they're not going to have god that was too deep I so, feel sick no 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 it was I mean uh, but but the uh, do you think they'll do a lot of character development on Bonnie Wright and, and Dan Radcliffe then probably I think they probably will yeah they need I mean like mm-hmm. that's a big scene a very big scene they spent the time on show yeah. so I, I think yeah I think they, they I think that'd be a fairly good scene to watch too in the movie I oh, mean, yeah definitely uh, reading <clears throat> reading these books now after reading it a couple times I, I start thinking about how it's going to look in the movies and um i really see how um i really see her um emma watson and rupert grint really um focusing on each other a lot definitely in this, yeah, yeah in the scene they're, they're so sort true. of aware of it in, in the background uh there's also two two very separate mentions of the stolen uh hours on hogwarts grounds a million years ago that took place between harry and Ginny, and that's like sort of insight into book six we didn't have before and I just think I just think it's so wonderful because it's Harry's relationship, yeah. and it kind of ends a bit sadly when he goes off, and that's just one of the great elements of this book before he goes off and has his long journey. Um, yeah, that that the Ginny thing was was very well handled and important. Um, yep, I agree. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I okay. So 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 they're at Harry's birthday. He gets a bunch of presents. We can skip over because the presents are cool. Um, but they get a me- they get a message. It's uh, Patronus. It's a weasel, and Arthur Weasley's voice saying, "No, what? Chocobolts." Isn't it? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, wrong bit. I'm yeah, in the wrong yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, you're going to say. Sorry, sorry. Good. Oh yeah, uh, Arthur Weasley's voice saying, um, "Sorry, Minister of Magic, coming with me." Right, and so Lupin and Tonks say, "We gotta go. Peace out, homie," and they leave. And then. Uh, moments later, they see Scrimjower and his mane of tangled hair coming to dinner. Yeah. Or not to D- dinner, but um, <laughs> he has to speak to Ron and Hermione and Harry privately. They're wondering why they want Ron and Hermione too. They get there, uh, he wants to separate them, but they say, screw you, we're seeing it together. Take it from there. Right. Well, I mean, what we wanted to talk about was what Dumbledore gives to Ron, Hermione, and Harry. Of course, all of them, all those items turn out to be handy in the end. Um, but at that time, that's one of I think that's one of great uh, one of Dumbledore's greatest moments here, where he gives he gives us and the trio these three clues, but nobody has any idea what on earth to do with them. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly, and neither do the characters. So yeah, yeah. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just like I I, re- I really like the fact that um that Ron really has no idea what's going on, and he pretty much. <laughs> almost yeah. screws it up for the three of them and, and Hermione just gives him that look like okay you need to stop talking right now or you're going to yeah. get us screwed yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hermione's really smart in this chat because she, she told she annoyed Scrimgeour with all that that legal information on how he wasn't supposed to look through the will or the stuff that they were left but they did obviously and the only reason they're getting him now on Harry's birthday is because the 31 days is up since Dumbledore's death right. and their their initial mm-hmm. confiscation. And Scrimgeour so, seemed very reluctant to hand these items over too. Uh, if you yeah, if you do read like, it, oh, he hated it. 
He and loathed he, yeah, giving him he back. He was so suspicious. It was you could really feel his emotion in this chapter. Well, he blew up. He had his wand against Harry's chest when right. everyone ran, ran no. in. He burned a cigarette mark in his in his shirt. Yeah, cigarette <laughs> burn in his shirt. I mean, who's going to replace that shirt? Honestly, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, is there anything else to discuss with this, or should we just move on? I mean, yes, yeah, flesh memories. I think it's brilliant how flesh memories and snitches are in a in a. I, I just thought that was something brilliant because it it, it has a particularly practical use in the field of sports in addition to being very uh, a, a significant plot point in this uh, in this book mm-hmm. the the flesh memory like obviously like because it says uh, they have them uh, snitches have flesh memories to determine in case of a dispute who actually touched the snitch first because the first human hands to close around the snitch um, are the one that it responds to or reacts to in 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 the future I, I just thought that was so amazing yeah and, Especially the revelation, revelation that um, at the end of the chapter that uh, it was actually in Harry's mouth that uh, that caught the snitch the first time, which was brilliant. And right. It's just like <laughs> si- similarly with Grigorovich Gr- that was meant that was actually mentioned previously, and we'll find that out. But it's just right. some brilliant stuff done in earlier books. That's that what just I was going to say. To fruition and uh, really is wonderful. Yeah. What do you guys think of the message of the snitch? Well, you brought up J.K. Rowling Michael, all the way back to book one was formulating this and and you know you just think of all the detail that she put in it's it's amazing that something as simple as the yeah. snitch harry caught in the first quidditch, quidditch match um comes back to have mouth. such huge it make all the difference in the, book. <laughs> the only other thing utilize. that i wanted to bring up here real quick was you know the, the ministry in particular tr- trying to meddle in you know harry's affairs you know what what good would it have done Scrimgeour to know anything about what Harry was doing. I mean, would it really have helped him at all? He's desperate. He really. He's very desperate. He doesn't know. He. I don't. He doesn't even think clearly. I. I, I don't think. He. He's yeah. just so no. hungry for some kind of silver lining in 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 this pretty much um, fruitless fight against Voldemort. Yeah, and Matt, you can tell he's desperate too because actually, I mean, he—I think he's seeking Harry for—he's seeking for Harry's help because, yeah. I mean, I think he's so obsessed with these items that Dumbledore gave him, and Hermione tells him such too. Hermione tells him, "This is what you've been doing, locked up while people in in your own office while people are are dying all around you. You've been looking at these these items that Dumbledore's trying to give us." So, uh, and that whole time, obviously, he doesn't realize how infiltrated the ministry has become until what appears to be the end of the next chapter uh, when he realizes how, how infiltrated everything is and, and, and obviously his heroic acts are three ch- or two chapters to come but y- you know he he's so obsessed with well, yeah. Harry and, and finding it all out mm-hmm. well let, let's keep moving on now um, yeah. Mike do you, you want to take the next point uh, or aren't we isn't that it for this chapter I oh I, it's just Ron gets a delimitator, which I thought was cool that it was created by Dumbledore. Um, Hermione gets tales of Beetle the Bard, which are pretty much like Mother Goose rhymes, I think, the sort of things that we grow up with. Yeah. You know, hey, diddle diddle type thing. She better keep that book. is worth $4 million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and Harry's, Harry's snitch says, I open at the close, which to me was like WTF, and it's like I, I reveal my secrets at the end of the book. Is that what it says? Yeah. I, well, I open at the close. At the close a, of what? The book? I mean, I know it's Well, answered, that's the whole mystery. I mean, I yeah. open at the close. That's completely pointless. It's like, I won't tell you until you need me. Yeah, well, like, well, you know. Right. Okay, yeah. thanks. Thanks, Dumbledore. And yeah. don't forget the but, sword. 
That is yeah. so yeah. something Dumbledore would oh, say. Another thing Scrimgeour was getting yeah, very yeah, aggravated you know, about. Scrimgeour was very much like Fudge or Umbridge in, in this book to me. He cool he had a parallel. different... Just the way he acted. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a lot more... Uh, I don't know the right word, but it, it, he seemed not the same person that he was uh, in Half-Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, next point. We don't really need to talk about what they get, because we all know you know, what happens with them. Um, right. Do you want to move on to the next point, Micah? What is the next point? I don't have any other points. The Ministry is still meddling? Why is Scrimgeour still want to try? I guess we sort of did talk about that, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. The only thing we don't mention is that Norbert's a girl, but that's not important. Yeah. That was yeah. a big revelation, though. Norbert's a girl. We were like, what? Wait. Say we what? Wow. That's great. Okay, yeah. let's go so on. That goes back to, guys, that goes back to episode two of MogulCast, where we found out that Kevin was Kavina. Yeah. Now we find out that Norbert is Norbert, Nor- Norberta. I think we coined that on the Summer Road Tour. I think someone came. Do you remember that, Jamie? Did someone come up with Norberta. a new name for Norberta? Probably, yeah. Was it that? Yeah, it was probably It could have been something like that. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. So, well, that's chapter seven. Yeah, we don't have any favorite lines from that because we're trying to move quickly through here. Um, <laughs> how about let's move on to chapter eight, Michael? Show. Uh, chapter eight. You handle this. The wedding. I'm on the break. Wedding. We handled the other one earlier today. I'm done. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, see, uh, I think the chapter kind of is self-explanatory. Um, I'm not going to really summarize it here, but I thought. Well, wait, wait, good. wait. Chapter eight. Yeah. It's not about a wedding, wedding. is it? <laughs> chapter eight. Do you the want, wedding, okay, I'll start over. No, 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 no. It's fine. I was just, I was just messing. You did fine. Good work. You sure? Yeah. I can if you want. No, dude, it's fine. Look, I, dude, I can do it. Just I mean. forget. I really what they said, Micah. Just keep. Going. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are screwing him up. Sorry. <laughs> um. Well, I just kind of broke chapter eight down more by characters, I guess, instead of different. That's, that was a good idea, I think. And yeah, a good idea. we do meet a lot of new characters, in, and see a lot of old people as well in this uh, in this chapter. And the first one that really struck me was Xenophilius Lovegood. Um, obviously, he shows up at the wedding and uh, makes an entrance with his was it yellow robes or something along those lines. Yeah, he looks like an omelet. Is is one of my favorite quotes. But yeah. Right. He's wearing yellow, and he thinks that it's important because yellow is the color of a sun, and it means good luck at weddings. Yeah, well, he's... according to their superstition. Yeah, and um, you know, this is this is through Xenophilius we really start to learn. And uh, let's fast forward a little bit to you know when when Harry, disguised as um, Barney Weasley, is sitting down at the table and is visited by Victor Crumb. And it's really through Xenophilius Lovegood that we find out um, or get our first glimpse at the Deathly Hollows. And we don't know that yet, but he's wearing this symbol around his neck, um, which seems to really anger Victor Crumb a lot. Mm. And, um, so much so that they're seen storming off, basically, after an argument later on at the end, at the end of the chapter. Right. Um Apparently, Victor Crumb, who was very nervous about th- that man, um, or, or that man, um, you know, he asked Barry, or Harry, Barney, Harry slash Barney slash Barry is what Muriel calls him, um, about this, this pendant. Now, what's the deal with the pendant? It's the symbol of Grindelwald, but why? Because Grindelwald 
came and graffitied the Durmstrang, this corridor in Durmstrang. He, he graffitied on this, this symbol, and then all the people who thought it was, it was cool uh, copied it down, and then obviously Grindelwald uh, killed a bunch of people you know, using that symbol as his thing, and 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 uh, Crumb's grandfather was killed, and Crumb says that it was uh, everybody was taught a lesson. Then, um, you know, everyone who who still supported the symbol was taught not to. Right, and to me, when I was reading through this book, and obviously when you get to later chapters, there are other references as well. But I, when you when you talk about using your mark, you know, after you kill somebody or you know, doing the things that. Grindelwald did. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of a swastika, and I'd say, oh yeah, yeah. You're yes, to, definitely. You're supposed to, uh, yeah. And you know, um, you know, another World War II reference, so to speak, mm-hmm. that J.K. Rowling put in there. Mm-hmm. Well, she oh, definitely and, and said just, something about that too um, in the yeah. previous um, interviews. That she said that there was something that that went on about um, the. Uh, the coexistence of uh, two of the wars during World War Two, and she said there there is a um, there is a relevance between World War Two, but um, we ha- we didn't really see that much of it until the book Seven came out. That's right, and I think it had less to do with you know with Voldemort and probably more to do with with Grindelwald, just because of you know sub- Durmstrang's supposed location and just the name Grindelwald, I guess, has more yeah. of a like well, a just German like, feel just to like it, the swastika. Just like the swastika is a, a sort of slanted. It, it, there's a symbol. If you turn the swastika so that it's not slanted, it, it's actually a symbol of peace. And the Nazis took that symbol, tilted it, and took it to mean, you know, purity, or took it to be their their symbol or whatever it means. But it's it's so t- tilted peace symbol. Now, uh, Grindelwald, the the symbol he picked for himself was actually just the symbol regarded out of the fairy tale of the Deathly Hallows. It was. You, you, you know, as as it happens, uh, it was pretty much the symbol that means the Hallows, and mm-hmm. it later became uh, Grindelwald's symbol, which is obviously something quite different than the Hallows. But the Hallows were what Grindelwald was all about, seeking. But uh, yeah, sorry, just to add to the last thing about Grindelwald being sort of, uh, you know, the Nazi references. The uh, Grindelwald is a municipality in the district of Interlaken in the in the canton of Bern in Switzerland. So it comes from the same type of language, I guess. It sounds, you know, uh, okay. Scandinavian sort of language thing. I guess. I don't really know much about language, but... It's huh. interesting. Is it, it's a nice name, Grindelwald, I guess. Yeah. So, Grigorovich made Crumb's Wand. Is that what also we discussed? Um, yeah, she did. Sorry, he did, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gr- Grigorovich, uh, Harry discovers that <clears throat> Grigorovich, he knows where he heard the name before. It did have something to do with Quidditch because the Quidditch player, Crumb, uh, who tries to pick up Ginny, um, Harry tells him that she's taken, says that uh, <clears throat> his wand was uh, one of the last ones made by Grigorovich, who Voldemort is now looking for. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And Grigorovich is uh, apparently a very good wand maker, and th- though Crumb concedes that uh, he knows the Bretons are a uh, place to store in Ollivander. They do. Right. Okay. Well, let's keep moving the along here. Phrase. Uh, Mikey, do you want to move on to Aunt Muriel now? I think we can. <laughs> Would I ever? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 101 years old, baby. And <laughs> still going strong. Hundred and eight, oh. isn't she? No, so, she's hundred six. Oh, well, what's five years between a hundred-year-old woman, anyway? Well, exactly. 
You know, I don't know. What's ten <laughs> then? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. All right. It. So, Anne Muriel <laughs> is uh, not so positive about Dumbledore. She is confirmed. She confirms more of what Rita had to say about Dumbledore, and this is a very contrasting opinion from Ophelia's Dodge, and. Um, <laughs> Elpheus. 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 Uh, Andrew, Ford Angela called, and she really... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I get it, guys. We're all funny. Can we stop wasting more time? <laughs> um, go ahead. You go, it's your show now. Go ahead. Um, I'm just going to kick back and listen. What, what I like oh. most about um, Aunt Muriel taking um, the side of... of um, of what Rita Skeeter wrote was um, it was pretty much the closest thing we were ever going to get to a de- debate between um, Elpheus Dodge and Rita Skeeter. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and they I think it also up in real life. Sorry. I think it also made it more real for Harry, like the whole realization that maybe Dumbledore wasn't, you know, th- that perfect guy Harry always saw him mm. to be, which is an important because. Thing. Right. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I can understand why he wouldn't trust Rita, but then he's hearing it from someone else. Granted, it's a it's a new character, and Harry hadn't met mm-hmm. Meryl. Before, not only but... that, I mean, Doge is getting extremely flustered during this whole thing, and and if I was Harry sitting in that position, I mean, I would think that some of it's got to be true. I mean, if he's just sitting there, That's exactly what he does, sort of not yeah. not being responded at all. Yeah. To to was... what um, Aunt Muriel is saying, there has to be some truth to that, and maybe he clearly didn't want Harry to know, but. And it, that was just kind of interesting, and also that I what I put down here was that I thought that Doge was kind of a, a character that Joe threw in there to keep reminding us um, of of who he thought Dumbledore was through the first six books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just hearing and, two uh, very opposite sides exactly uh, just made Harry realize he really doesn't really know anything about Dumbledore. Pretty much, he'd never heard of right. any of these accusations before, and it's. It just seems like he pretty. It's almost. Didn't he say like it pretty much wasted time getting to know Dumbledore or something? Or maybe I'm just going. It didn't. Oh. Re- but it's like you can never really learn everything about someone, and you know there's stuff that people don't tell people. Just in, in general, it's kind of. I mean, like I think Harry still knew Dumbledore very, very well because he. He didn't tell that stuff to anyone, and I'm sure if he told it to someone, Harry would be the first one. You know, it's like yeah. I just think you can't really undercut their very, very, very intense relationship just from finding out a few facts about his childhood, which, although significant, shouldn't cast any doubt on the character he'd come to know. I guess. Mm. All right. Well, it seemed that there were things about Dumbledore, though, that it was public information. But that Harry had never really found out, such as the Dumbledore's um, living in Godric's Hollow, and and, and and the possibility, as it says later, that uh, Dumbledore could go and visit his parents' graves and then have to walk past James and Lily's, you know, sort of thing. Um, all of that seems, yeah, especially due to the uh, the the fact that Godric's Hollow and Harry's knowledge of it seems to be tainted. Um, how he knew about it before he should have, or before it was mentioned in the books, he knew where it was or said about it. Um, I forget what I'm saying, except that it's it's um, that Dumbledore had some closeness, and I think when we see Dodge, it's it's basically like um, we see this guy who's and we've previously read the obituary where Dodge introduces himself as a kid who had uh, who was excluded and uh, because of his his dragon box or whatever. Um, and, yeah, and, and you know, so he's you get this fierce loyalty to Dumbledore just because of of how great you know his his image is, and and Dodge is is very you know. 
um, adamant about Dumbledore being seen as this great, very friendly person as he was as he was to Dodge, and that's that's really incredibly important. And the line is uh, the line that you guys were referring to is uh, he wanted the truth, and yet all Dodge did did was sit there and bleat feebly that Ariana had been ill. Harry could hardly believe that Dumbledore would not have intervened if such cruelty was happening inside his own house, and yet there was undoubtedly something odd about the story. Right. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's learning the truth, at least bits and pieces of it. Basically. It may not be exactly what Basically. Aunt Muriel is conveying, but I, w- I wanted to go back to what you said about Godric's Hollow, though, because I think that that, to me, here's this kid who's been suffering for, for, for his entire life, knows absolutely nothing, really, about his past. And Dumbledore lived in the same place that his parents did, and yet he never shared that piece of information with Harry at all, and he could have realistically at any time. Yeah. I just think that was that was another big hit for Harry to make him that was just another way Joe was trying to make Harry realize that Dumbledore and to cast wasn't on his hero wasn't someone that I mean, you should still look up to Dumbledore, but you know, don't see him as a perfect character. Right. Which is you good. Know? She made him human. Yeah, exactly. She gave him a family. Which, which, which was fantastic. Odd. Yeah. Yeah. Just thoughts of it. Said earlier, uh, the thoughts of a teenage Voldemort, you know. All right, sorry. The thoughts of a teenage Dumbledore, uh, you know, it's just weird. Yeah. Did you have another point to add to this, Micah? No. I mean, just about Godric's Hollow. The reason why Dumbledore may have not told him. I don't know what the reason would be that he wouldn't tell him. I mean, <laughs> I think it would have provided him a little bit of comfort, you know, to to have some tie back to his past. W- would there have been too much of a connection? Maybe Dumbledore didn't want that kind of personal connection. Well, well that's that's the. Reason I mean, that's not the no, no, that's not the biggest personal connection, but it just can add fuel to the to the well, I think personal connection didn't, fire. Didn't J.K.R. say that that's why he didn't tell Harry the truth about the Mirror of Erised at first was because uh, Dumbledore would have seen him with himself with his parents and mm-hmm. his family, and that that's exactly what Harry was seeing, and it was too close that Dumbledore thought it was inappropriate. Yeah. Well, I think that at that point it, it may have been a little bit. Um, too much for Harry yeah. to understand um, mm-hmm. and to take in all at once, and yeah. I. But I think something as simple as saying that he had himself lived in Godric's Hollow would have. Um, I think it would have helped. Yeah, I but I don't think he also would have wanted um, Harry to delve too much into his family either, because it's probably not something that that he wishes to to talk about with anybody either. It's too painful. Uh, on the contrary, he did. He did. He was always enjoyed finding out more about his parents. I think. I think. No, not no, not Harry. Um, I mean Harry finding out about Dumbledore's family. Oh yeah, family. yeah, yeah. Um, Dumbledore might might. Um, yeah. I mean, pretty much book six, the last you know, the last moments of of Dumbledore, or the last year of Dumbledore's life, uh, was spent setting up appointments. Not not closely. I mean, surely they could have had. They would have had something to talk about every single night of the year if they wanted to. But the appointments were based on. The Horcruxes, because that was Harry's journey, that was Harry's goal. And although Dumbledore's family was, you, you know, possibly information that Harry uh, would have benefited from knowing, it, it wasn't something. It wasn't most important. And the the consequences that Harry has to feel betrayed, or, or possibly uh, he has to doubt Dumbledore. And and that's what yeah. the story is about: doubting Dumbledore. Yeah, let's um let's move on. Though we're we're really getting long here. Well, we, we've gotten pretty much everything except uh, the very the very end. Um, there, everybody's dancing. 
Ron and Hermione are dancing. And there was a wedding, by the way. I mean, I know. Yeah, there was a wedding. (laughs) It wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, everyone was was really excited before we all got book seven. Wasn't everyone like, oh, we get to see the wedding? Was it Jamie? Did you get really excited about that? Someone did. I did get excited about that. I thought it was cool to have a wedding to see what, like, a wizard's wedding like. Right. Yeah, you're right. The vows, they say. They have phoenixes and the cake when they cut the cake. Yeah. So, at the very end of the chapter, um, they get a Patronus from uh, Kingsley. 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 And it says, the ministry has fallen, Scrimgeour is dead, they are coming. Then it says, April Fools. In the, April in Fools. And the, in, in, in in the, the second book. one that turns With up. all seriousness, with, with that scene, I think that's going to be so awesome in the film. Oh my god, yeah. Like all the it's music. Because you can just hear like this classical music in the background, everyone's dancing. Right. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, th- th- this, this, um, this Patronus just comes out of... And lands in front of everybody, and they all just stop and just look at it. And then with this booming, <laughs> dark the voice, it's the ministry has fallen. Shacklebolt is dead. No, they Scrim- are coming. Ja- Scrimjow is dead. Shacklebolt yeah. is very oh. much alive. I, I, I think he's going to go. Sorry. I think he's. I think the Patronus is going to be tweaked just a little bit to say, the ministry has fallen. Scrimjow is dead. They are coming. Dumbledore's got style. And then yeah. it's going to cut the black <laughs> out. But doesn't doesn't Come on, that he's got to say that line when, again. When I read that, when when he said they are coming, did anybody go back to Lord of the Rings when he said they are coming? When he read I've the never manuscript, read Lord of the Rings. Wait, yes. So you didn't see the movie, Thank- Matt? Oh. Well, yeah. Which part was that from exactly? They are coming. Uh, Fellowship of the Ring when they were in the um, in the uh, oh the, the, oh yeah the, the dwarfs uh, uh, mine. Yes. When he was reading it. it, and that's the best example. There's a piece in. The Lord of the Rings soundtrack that's uh, sort of a bit from every single film at some point, and that's the best bit. Across the Bridge of Kazakhstan is when it goes for the first time. It could be the first time, I think. Yeah, no, that was that was the climactic of the of the theme, wasn't it? Isn't that? Yeah, that was that was it. Oh, what a beautiful soundtrack! Howard Shaw, you did the film proud. A lot of a lot of proudness. But one other thing I wanted to add was just that. I thought that when the, the Patronus comes and, and says what he says, it was really one of the holy f- moments of the series. Yeah. <laughs> because you realize, you know, the game is on, you know. Yeah. It's, it's about to go down. The wedding's really the last happy um, scene in the book. It's It was literally the last good moment of the, of the story. Yeah, everything else from that on in is Harry running from... Well, yeah. Because right after you read it, I mean, all your adrenaline just starts flowing through your body. You're like, oh my god, I gotta turn the page. Right. (laughs) Like, anti-lace. We need a song for Scrimgeour. I haven't come up with one yet, so... Oh, I did! Does he deserve a song? Okay, what's the song? The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Why did you... Oh, yeah, that's... Jamie, you rock. That's better. better. (laughs) The Lion Sleeps Tonight? That's what it's called? You know, in the village, the peaceful village. Oh, it's not called The Lion Sleeps Tonight, though, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, well, no. it was called. It might be like In the Jungle. I think it's called In the movie. Jungle, yeah. Mm. Oh, right, sorry. I sorry. still think after every death, they should have another one, another one bites the dust by Queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a quick was, another one bites the dust snap. Why do we have a sign? What was the, Eric's? Uh, Come on, oh, please. We got to move through this. What no, was, why, what was... why are we doing this? Why do we have a song for for Scrimgeour? Oh, because now we we're do doing it. this thing on chapter by chapter where every time a character dies, we play a song for him. At least a song sample. Oh, I missed that. Okay, well, um, forget mine then. Sorry. Don't worry about it. So, in honor of Scrimgeour today, we are going to play in the jungle. <laughs> 
Great song. It's by The Tokens. Purchase it on iTunes for 99 cents. Here's to you, Scrimgeour. You were worthless. Okay, so now it's time for... Quote, quiz, 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 quiz. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Thank you. It's supposed to be like an echo, you know, like I'm in a tunnel. I really... It's like, Andrew, quote, Andrew, quote, just, quiz, quiz, quiz. Andrew, just turn your mixer on and... and no, dude, it's echo. never going to work. It's never going to work. No, I mean for the echo. I, Dude, it's... Okay. Um, It's time for... Quote, quiz, chapter nine... This comes from, uh, of course, I lost it. This is wonderful. Good planning on my behalf. I'll just take this one. If I can't use magic, and you can't use magic near me without us giving away our position, and then he was cut off. Or she. <laughs> There's a quote quiz for you this week. Um, Jamie, you want to do a British joke? Um, I don't have one for this one. Sorry, guys. But it's, okay. Oh, come on with the Jamie, is but it's it like not nine months in the making. No, no, but it's I, fine. I made quite a s- successful one, I think, previous shows. Yeah. So, uh, but also it's New Year, and New Year isn't the time for jokes; it's for looking forward. And jokes describe the past, so you know. Yeah. Does anyone have any New Year's resolutions for the uh, for 2008 before we wrap things up today? Um. Um. Last year we all did. I don't want to yeah. be as hot as I am now. Because it's wow, just not fair to everybody, so you know? cocky. Okay. <laughs> You're muted for the rest of the show. Um, oh, wow. Punishment. <laughs> um, uh, no, my New Year's resolution is to um, move out to California my successfully. Day. Oh, yeah, Jamie. Jamie's coming out, too. I haven't really mentioned oh, that yet. Maybe. Oh, oh yeah? Yet. There were, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Use the mat. Haven't I mentioned it yet? <laughs> Haven't I mentioned it? Oh. <laughs> no, no. Maybe, maybe. It's very, very, um, you know, perhaps at the moment. Uh, any Anything from anyone else? Um, my, year's, my New Year's resolution, I think, is to... Because um, obviously we've got some things going on in, in 2008. We've got still a bunch of Harry Potter events. The end of weekly MuggleCast, so so I, I I think I just uh, my new New Year's resolution is to um see everything through uh to the end and uh, and just uh just make it a, another good year I think and just be be true to myself and uh, yeah yeah and have another good year. Matt, Micah. Yep. Um. Hey, Micah. Um, yeah. What are you really, hey. really keen to shake that case of uh, gonorrhea? <laughs> Dude, come on. You're not supposed to bring that up Do you guys have anything? We're, we're running really low. Uh, this yeah. is making me well, sad. <laughs> what'd you say? This is making me sad. No, no. Editing. Jamie. Um, that. Uh, uh, Alright, if you don't have anything, it's not, it's not a big deal. Well, no, I mean, I just go off of what Eric said, and I think with MuggleCast you know, most likely coming to an end on a weekly basis. I, I agree with just seeing things through and making these last shows um, something that people will, you know, really enjoy. And Right. Yeah. 
I, Mine's I kind of the same. Like, yeah. By the way, there are now five to ten uh, well, groups on Facebook yes, um, about okay. our ending the show, yeah. so people are torn up. Well, that's what's that's uh, that's well said, uh, Mike and Matt. Um, I wonder if we came through with our new New Year's resolutions from last year, because I know last year we looked at the ones from the year prior, so too bad we didn't look into that beforehand. So this is our third New Year's. This yeah, it's our, our third New Year's. Third yeah. New Year's show. Yep. Uh, and, oh, and we should count down, shouldn't we, for the New Year? Um, so. How about we do it after the contact information? Okay. All right, well, before we wrap up the show today, it's time to remind everyone about our contact information. Uh, if you would like to send something to our P.O. Box, you can do that by mailing it to MuggleCast, P.O. Box 3151, Cumming, Georgia, 30028. You can Hi, also, Mom. You can visit MuggleCast.com for a handy feedback form to contact any one of us uh, at our first name at staff.mugglenet.com, with the exception of Matt, who is Matthew B. at staff.mugglenet.com. You can also visit the MuggleCast website for a handy feedback form. And uh, don't forget our community outlets, MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, LastFM, the fan listing. You can also dig the show once – or not actually dig the show whenever you want to dig.com vote for us once a month at podcast alley and rate and review us at yahoo podcast uh the fan forums are also up again mugglecastfan.net slash forums have returned they started from scratch so um visit mugglecast.com for a link in case you forget it's right yes, there on the top Alice post. has done an amazing job getting this back up uh, i think that does it for this week's show uh we're gonna wrap things up today with new year's countdown just in case you ha- happen to time it right yeah well, oh, well, no, we don't need to worry about timing the show up to it. I'm just saying because we're releasing on the 30th as a day, a whole day in advance. Well, it might be so, on the 31st. I don't I'm know. I'm just for saying sure. if, if you're if it, if it's almost midnight, you know, or if you have nobody, if it's almost midnight and you have nobody, uh, we'll we'll do a countdown. You can count down with the Muggle Cast. Okay, right? that sounds good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a commentary. So, so, so pause the show and 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 wait until about. You know, fifteen twenty seconds before yeah. before the end. Yeah, okay. And, yeah. and then got it. And then, yeah. right. And uh, unpause it, and we'll be counting down with you. Okay. So, you guys ready? Got it. Yeah. Put on the Bruce Springsteen, as we do every year. Yeah, we. Yeah. No, no. This, this year, this year we're putting on Europe. Um, no. What? What, are, oh. what is that? Your new uh, resolution, Michael? War. <laughs> no, 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 no. War. We play a Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, uh, yeah. Right, Micah. Oh, sorry. Right. I thought you meant it's a, war. It's a Springsteen like, version of Old Lang Syne. Yeah. Um, All right. Ready? It. On three, we'll start from ten. One, <laughs> Wait, two. On, on, on ten, three. When I say on three. We'll start from three? On no. On th- when I say three. When he says three, we count down, down from ten. From ten. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I understand you. All right. One, two, three. Ten. ten nine. nine. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! That was easy. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And I'm Matt Britton. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you in 2008 for MuggleCast 127. Bye-bye. Happy New Year. Night.
like you know what I'm saying? Because like holidays at Hogwarts, they can always have like the pumpkins flying and the. Or, or we, you think they'll try and attempt hovering candles and stuff like that, like for the Great Hall? Because that would be awesome. That would be cool. I don't know though. I it better be good though. That's all I know. I mean, whose phone keeps going off? I, I'm sorry, it's, it's mine. Sorry. Oh. Turn it off or like chuck it across the room or something. Oh, cool. Thanks, Andrew. I'll um, do that. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this has nothing to do with Chapter 7.